to greet people because when, when a lady says, Happy Father's Day, you automatically say, Happy Father's Day. And you're like, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I think I did it three times today. Hey, you know, I want to take this moment right now. First of all, you know what? Let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity, Father God, just to, just to honor you as our ultimate Father, Lord Jesus. But I pray for this service today, this message that you have, Father, that you will minister to us, Father God. You will teach us. You will grow us, Father God, as we continue to dive into your scripture and what you want us to do, Father God. I thank you that you don't look for perfection. You look for us to simply grow in you, Father God. So Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Fill my mouth with the words that you want to speak, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. You know, I want to honor uh, some men here, obviously, you know, celebrating Father's Day. You know, for you guys that might, some of you guys might know this, but even growing up, you know, I've had some difficulties with, with fatherhood as well, too, or role models in my life. I was very sensitive to this as well. I know this could possibly be in a tough season for you as well, too. Maybe you lost a father, and it's hard for you to celebrate. Maybe you've never had that father figure in your life. And I figured, you know what? Let me just share my story just a little bit. You know, when I was born, uh, my mom was a teenager at the time. When I was born, I had no father figure in my life. My, I, to this day, still don't know who my biological father is. But when I turned to the age of two, my dad, who I called dad, today stepped into my life and has been my dad since. And his name is Jose, and you guys prayed for him uh, when he had that mild heart attack over a year ago, and which he's doing great now today. And so one of those things, I, one of those men I want to honor is just simply my dad, who was just a great provider and someone that just made sure we had food in our stomach and, and a roof over our head. You know, and, and growing, fast forward a little bit, growing and, and, and meeting Madi, I wanted to honor her dad. Uh, you know, at, at one point where he just was all a part of our life, and he ended up going home with the Lord a few years ago. In church family, you were here. You prayed for that. And, but he left a legacy in, his, in my wife and, and his two sons as well, too. And so I just want to honor his legacy as well, too. He was a role model in my life for the few years that I've known him. And I also want to uh, honor uh, my wife's stepdad. So when you hear me say my father-in-law, my father-in-law, I'm talking about my stepfather-in-law, if that's even uh, real or whatever. You know, and, and I want to honor him because today he's still here, and he's just hilarious. He's funny. He just uh, instills humor, and it's a, it's a dry humor. He's not here, so I can say that. So it's, it's a dry humor, but it just brings joy to our family. And then I want to just honor my stepdad, who uh, is the husband of my, wife, oh, my, of my mom, sorry, husband of my mom, you know, and just the fact that he's just a great grandfather to my kids as well, too. But then there are those spiritual fathers. I'm not going to name the list because I got a lot of them, okay? But those spiritual fathers that I just want to honor in my life, it's just phenomenal. And the teachings that they brought me in and, and the direction they taught me to just live for Jesus. But then there's you fathers here in this home. You know, a lot of times we can try to measure up ourselves or compare ourselves to others. And God doesn't want us to do that. Look, if you're a father, a stepfather, or a spiritual father, or maybe you're like an uncle that's just kind of took it in a role and is helping raise some children. I want you to stand up for a second. We want to honor you right now. Stand up. This is not a time to be afraid. I need you guys to stand up because I want to pray over you guys. <laughs> Grandfathers, please stand up. Look around you, men, real quick. Look around you. 
And I know there's more that are just sitting down. They're not standing up, and that's okay. But here, here's what I'm going to say. You have been honored by God as well, too, because it is a big role that you're playing here. And as much as I have my short story on, on the guys that have been in my life, I know there's someone else in your life that has a story that can say the same about you. Whether it's a, the caretaker, the provider, the, the, the playing the basketball and trying to dunk all over your kids and say, I am the best in the world. Whatever it is, you are a role model. Don't look at the hiccups of life. Look at what God has instilled in you right now and how you can continue to live for him so you can be an influence and example for those that are around you. We still, as an adult, we still look up to you men. And you need to know, even though we've probably hit past the age of accountability, we're now in, in adulthood. Let me tell you something. Your actions and your words still speak volumes. Don't stop living for God. Church, can you just extend your hands towards these men while I pray over them? I just want to declare a blessing and just th thank God for these men that are here. Father, I, I just lift all these men to you, Father God. I thank you that these fathers who are in the gap, Father, for family, for children, Lord, that you will continue to move in their hearts. You will refresh them at night when they put their heads to the pillow, Father. Those that wake up early, Father God, just to encounter you, to, to, to make a living, to support their families, Father God, I thank you you've given them the ability to do so. But not only that, Father, you've given them the willpower to do so as well too, Father. Thank you so much that they're able to have a blessed day and that we can celebrate every single one of them. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. amen. Give it up for these men one more time. You know, today, obviously, is Father's Day, and again, happy Father's Day, and today's message, I really want to kind of do two parts to it. I want to talk to earthly fathers, but I also want to talk about our heavenly Father. You know, one of the obstacles that I want to be sensitive to and do this right is making sure I target everybody here. So if you're a mom or if you're a lady or if you're not a father, look, don't leave, don't tune out. This message is for you as well, too, but let me remind everybody here, okay, that we're, uh, we're all, or the men, that we're called the fatherhood, okay? And that is a huge calling in our life. Now, lately I've been giving you guys a reference scripture. Hopefully you guys are taking that home and you're studying the word and you're going into it and you're dissecting it. And so today's reference scripture I want you to go home and, and just really read throughout the week is Matthew chapter 1. Everyone say Matthew chapter 1. Matthew. And the reason why I'm saying Matthew chapter 1 is because this, there is a man in that story that had a significant role in the Son of God's life. And that man is named Joseph. Okay, the Joseph that was with Mary. The Joseph that, that was the father of Jesus. You know, Joseph played a significant role in Jesus' life. You know, we, we hear about, yeah, yeah, God, you know, our Heavenly Father is is the real dad of Joseph. But Joseph was called by God Almighty to raise his son. Okay, not just to be the dad of, of Jesus, but to raise the son of God. Can you imagine Joseph for a second getting these dreams and, and going into this thing and realizing, I'm called to raise the Messiah, the Christ, that's going to save all mankind. Talk about the major calling in his life. 
You know, let me explain a little bit about Matthew 1. Matthew 1, it goes into the story of the genealogy of from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And it begins the story of Mary, who is a virgin and is called by God to carry the Savior of the world. Now, Mary is pledged at the time to marry Joseph. And they actually get to a point where they get married. Okay? And as, as she gets pregnant, Joseph takes notice of her and decides, you know what, I'm going to quietly just divorce her because I don't want her to be disgraced. Talk about character in a man. Knowing that, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, this story could have taken a different turn. But what ended up happening was uh, uh, Joseph decides, I'm just going to do this quietly and just divorce her so she's not disgraced as much as she could be. By the way, she could be killed because of this. And ends up just taking a different route. But then he has a dream, and the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, comes to Joseph and says, Ha! No, he doesn't say that, but that would be pretty cool, okay? <laughs> he just comes to Joseph, and he, and he a paraphrase it. He just says, Look, I have did, we did this in Mary because she needs to carry the Savior of the world, and you are called to raise this little boy that's going to come, and you're going to name him Jesus, is what the angel says. And he wakes up and he takes on Mary and says, okay, let's fulfill what God has to do. And so now he realizes there's a calling, not just in Mary's life, but there's a calling in my life as well, too. You know, so many times we can focus on the virgin birth that we kind of forget, not intentionally, but we kind of forget about the significant role that Joseph is playing. The significant role. That Joseph's playing. See, the miracle side of things is that there is, a, there is a virgin who's pregnant. That's the miracle, okay? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit is what the Bible says. But the, the significant side of things is Joseph raising the Son of God. Did you know there's a difference between being a dad and, and raising your children as a dad? You know, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it. And that is what came to Joseph's heart. I have to train up this child in the way he should go, so when he gets old, he can fulfill what God has called him and what he wants him to do. And the reason why I bring this up is because there are some characteristics that Joseph carried that I believe we men and, and, and fathers, and by the way, ladies, you can carry this as well too, okay? But there are some characteristics that I believe is important and that really makes the, the, the path and direction that much more sweeter. And here's the thing. Joseph was an obedient man. Joseph was an obedient man, an obedient to the Lord Almighty, you see, there was this road of development that Joseph went through in his life to get to a point of his calling. You know, as, as, as parents, we have this development that we put into our kids. So when they grow and they get to a point where we got to release them, they're ready to go to do with whatever they're going to go do and whatever they're called to do. And spiritually speaking, Joseph had to go through the same thing. You know, Joseph was a carpenter and he was good with his hands. He built stuff. And you know that had a big play in Jesus' life, especially somebody who's going to build a bridge between God and mankind. And so those little tiny things that we look at Joseph is so huge for the Son of God because he's going to do something so big, it's going to shake the entire world from generation to generation. And that was building that bridge between God and mankind. You know, some of the characteristics that Joseph carries, was in, one of them is integrity. Integrity is huge that Joseph had. 
making sure he did what God wanted him to do and not cut any corners. You know, integrity is something I, would, I pray every day. God, give me the strength to continue to live in integrity. And I believe that's one of the main keys to prosperity in your life. I'm not talking about being rich. I'm not talking about being wealthy with money. I'm talking about living a peaceful life. You know, we, we, if, if you're not living that peaceful life, I want you to check your integrity. Check it out. Even the smallest little things God sees. And he wants you to honor him in every way. You know, there's a couple of stories I have, and I'll just share one of them. Do you know how many times I found money on the ground? I'm just saying that right now. I mean, I'll find a $20 bill. I'll find a $5 bill. <laughs> and I remember in the beginning, okay, confession's coming out. Okay, this is, this is younger ages, all right? And I'm like, oh, God's blessed me, you know? And <laughs> woo! You know, I'm going out. <laughs> And as, and as innocent as that might have been, I started growing to realizing, okay, God, maybe someone did lose it. There was a couple of times I was at Meyer. A couple of times, guys, I'm not saying this is a one-time deal. This happened multiple times in my life, even recently, where someone's at the U-Scan checkout, and they do their thing, and they walk away, and, like, some money falls, $10, $5, and, and they don't even know. They're gone, and I am the only one that sees it. And I have an opportunity right then and there to say, Whoa, baby, we're going to the movies. Or, <laughs> or I can practice integrity and know and chase those people down. And I'm chasing them down, and then the alarms go, dee, 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 because I'm stealing now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't pay for my stuff yet, that's why. Some of you guys will get it later. Okay. But the opportunity of showing integrity is there. And let me tell you something. God has always provided something for us when we were in a need, however he wanted to do it. And I believe the key thing is integrity. And if we carry integrity the way Joseph carried integrity, your life is significant like Joseph's life was significant. Now, Joseph wasn't on the platform. Joseph wasn't the main attraction of this story. We just look at Mary and Jesus and the virgin birth because Mary's going through all this stuff. But pay attention when you read it this, this week, Matthew 1. Look at the story of Joseph and how Joseph walked and talked and how he did things. Ask the Spirit to show you some things. You'll see Joseph had a significant life, and he had a life of integrity. You know, the second characteristics I really, really noticed in Joseph was he had a strong conviction. Conviction is a good thing. And there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. Because God doesn't condemn. God, through the Spirit of God, convicts us with a gentle voice. The enemy condemns us. But Jesus did all that and wrapped that all up for us. And so Joseph had this strong conviction in his heart. Everything he did, every decision he made, he listened to God. He was about to divorce Mary and said, you know what? I'm going to do my best to make sure she's okay, but, man, I'm, I'm not doing this. I had No, no, none of this. I'm not going to walk this life this way. And because of the, spirit, of, the, of the dream and the angel coming and speaking to him, that conviction was in his heart. That conviction was saying, you need to do this. You need to do this. It's going to go against the current of the world, but this is the way for the kingdom. I need you to do this. That was a conviction that Joseph decided to follow. Do you all know that Joseph could have said, no, nah, I'm good? Let's take a second, okay? Let's talk about this. Did you know after the dream he's waking up, he could say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow what I want to do because I just don't even want to get in that, that baby mama drama stuff. I don't even want to get any of that. He had the decision. He had the decision to say no to this. 
But because he had a strong conviction in his heart, and he knew the way of God, and he listened and he heard God, and he lived by integrity, he didn't have the answer of what it was going to look like, but he says, I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. When we have a strong conviction in our heart and follow through with it, God is in the midst of all of it. Didn't make obstacles easy for him. He still had to, take, he still had to travel. There were still people pursuing his, the Son of God to kill him. There were still things he had to go through. People were probably talking behind his back. Stories were probably being told of who the real daddy is and how Joseph's not the dad. Let's think about it for a second. But because of strong conviction in his heart, he didn't care. He stood steady. He stood focused. He says, this is the way of the Lord that I'm taking. And that is a strong conviction we need to live today as a church. Even though everyone is not standing for it and you know what's right, you stand for it. And you stand strong in that conviction. The second or the third characteristic I loved about Joseph is, is his faithfulness. He was so faithful to God. And that faithfulness to God reflected to the faithfulness to Mary. And his marriage was strong. His marriage, you know, who's ever watched the movie of, of Mary and Joseph? I forgot the name of the movie. It was like back in 2009, 2008. The nativity story, thank you, it's so easy, right? The nativity story, there you go. You know, and there's a point where, where you can actually visualize of what the Bible was talking about. And there was a point where he's walking Mary, the donkey, and Mary's on the donkey, and he's walking this thing because he's deciding to walk it because she's going to ride it. And it gets to a point where he has to feed, <laughs> he has to feed her, himself, and the donkey. But there's only a little bit left. And so he decided to feed her first, the donkey second, and decided, you know what, I'm going to skip out on this because this donkey needs to take my wife over here. That is faithfulness to his wife. That, what does that look like today? <laughs> here we go. <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> How good are we opening the door for our ladies? How good are we driving up to the door on a rainy day, say, baby, go ahead, just walk in. I, I'll walk in the rain alone. Don't worry about it. How good are we to that? Because they were like, no, we're together all the way. I'm holding, I'll hold your hand, but we're going to walk in the rain together. We're probably missing the point. It doesn't make you a bad person, okay? But I want us to up the game. I want us to, to, to reflect how faithful we are to God. I want that to reflect into our relationships as well, too. That's faithfulness. Because when you're faithful to God, you're faithful here. And that's exactly where God wants to sit. And the last one I want to talk to you with, with Joseph's characteristics is that he was a merciful man merciful. He lived knowing that, okay, this is God's way, but allowing mercy to be extended out of his life as well, too. Everything an earthly father should have is these characteristics that Joseph portrays. Matthew 1 is what I want you to look at. Matthew 1. So let me remind you, being a dad is a calling from God, men. Being a dad is a calling a high calling that we need to take serious, that God wants us to continue, not, not to aim for perfection, but to aim for maturity and to grow in this thing. Ephesians 6, 2, and 3 says, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. It is so easy to quote this scripture to our children. It is so easy to say, look what the Bible says, okay? Honor me and your mother, 
and it will go well with you. But let's not forget it's two ways in this, in this scripture. Because you want to know what verse 4 says? <laughs> let's go to verse 4. Verse 4, it says, it says, fathers, let's talk about this, all right? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. You know, other translations would say, do not provoke your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and in instruction of the Lord. So as much as we want to throw this to our, our, our children, hey, you honor me, okay? You honor me. <laughs> Am I the only one that does that or what? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. As much as we just want to throw this out, don't forget it's a two-way road for us too. You know, and he's saying, don't provoke, don't, don't allow, don't allow your children. You want to create, in other words, you want to create a healthy relationship between you and your children, not a controlling relationship. That's the difference. Because a controlling relationship doesn't get us anywhere. We're just dragging people when they don't want to be taken to a certain place. But when you aim for a healthy relationship, when you aim for all of that, great reward comes behind it. Your biggest responsibility, earthly fathers, your biggest responsibility is to teach your children in the ways of God. You know, I love sharing this with people, you know, and I don't say this in a joking manner. I really just want to create a teaching moment. You know, there, there's an expectation when it comes for me being a pastor, and I love it because it's a calling in my life, but I remind people I'm a dad and a husband before I'm a pastor. And men, you have occupations, you have things, you probably have titles that you carry, but if you're in that boat, don't forget who you are first. If you're a father, then you're a father. If you're a husband, then you're a husband. Let God lead you through that. Now, talking about our, our, our Heavenly Father for a little bit. Last Wednesday, we had prayer session here, which, by the way, church, Every Wednesday, 7 p.m., you, you got to be here. If you're not here, you're missing out on a good time with us. But during prayer time, I really had a moment with God, and actually I was sitting right here in this platform. All the lights were kind of lower. People were kind of just walking around and praying. But it was during this moment I was here, and I said, God, thank you so much for being just so good and, you know, giving my thanks to him, calling things out, praying for Sunday, praying for people, praying for the city, praying for everything. I mean, I'm praying, praying, praying everywhere. And then God said, I just need you to soak and listen into my presence. I said, okay. So I sit down. I'm not going to do it. Actually, I was laying down like this, like on the platform. Because when you guys are not here, I do some stuff that's embarrassing sometimes. So I take my shoes off too. So, you know, I'm here. And, I, and I'm just soaking God and worship's going on. And God brings me something to my remembrance when I was a kid. Who's ever watched Lion King? Okay. I know. Who's excited for the new Lion King movie coming out? <laughs> I'm not promoting it, by the way. But I'm excited. But if you watch the animated movie of Lion King, there was this one scene that's pretty famous that I remember quoting. I didn't share it because when I actually watched it like on YouTube, I realized everything they were teaching and saying was completely wrong. We don't serve gods. We don't serve stars. We don't, so I'm like, I'm, not, I'm just going to talk about that one little, little snippet. But it's the part where you have Mufasa. Everyone say Mufasa. Oh, gives me chills. Mufasa. <laughs> and you, you, Mufasa, and if you're not familiar with the movie, uh, it's about these pride of lions uh, animated, and Mufasa is the dad and the king of Simba, okay? And Simba is the little, he's the future king, okay? But he's a child at the time. And there's a part of the movie where, where he, the, uh, Simba and his friend, they have basic instructions, don't go to this place, but they disobey. 
and they go do it, and they get themselves in trouble, and they're facing these hyenas, these three hyenas that are ready just to devour them. Okay? Talk about how close it is to, to, to Scripture, you know, how referencing it. But here's what I'm saying. You, you have this scenario, and they get stuck in the scenario, and they're about to get devoured, and the dad shows up, Mufasa, and he makes this big roar that just terrifies these hyenas, and they, they take off, and they're gone. But then he says, come on, come with me. And they go to this place, and it's a father-son moment. In that father and son moment, the dad, the Mufasa says, you deliberately disobeyed me. Do you remember that part now? You remember that part? That's the part I only remember because I remember how he said it. That's why. Okay? And he lectures him. He talks to his son about his future and the calling that he has in his life. He has a huge calling in his life. Okay? And he tells him it is important that you, you, you follow this and you go this way. When I give you instructions, you need to follow through. But here's where I'm going with it. This is what God showed me. I'm going through that little clip in my head. And the, 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 the lecturing part is over, and now it's like the dad hugging on, on, on the son. And, the, and Simba goes to his dad, Dad, did you see how scared those hyenas were? You remember that part? Did you see how scared those hyenas were? And this is what Mufasa says, that's right, because no one messes with your dad. And at that moment... I'm laying out here, okay? I'm just like, just hanging out, relaxing. And I heard that. I seen it, then I heard it. And God told me, I am your heavenly father. No one messes with your dad. And when we have a knowledge and a revelation of who our true dad is, and when we have a relationship, we will see when we get ourselves in trouble, when we shouldn't be going, but say we fell short and we get ourselves in trouble, our God is there. And guess who's running with their tail behind their legs? The enemy, because no one messes with your dad. No one, look at your neighbor and say, no one messes with my dad. That was that aha moment that I had that no one messes with my heavenly dad in this earthly life. And as much as I want to honor dads today, I want to honor my God in heaven. I want to give him some glory. I want to give him all of my praises right now because this is what we're here for. We do have a traditional stuff that we do. We play the video. We honor you dads. I love you guys for what you're doing. But at the end of the day, it's about our Heavenly Father and him being giving us the ability to do what we have to do here on earth. Then I got to thinking after I saw that scene because that wasn't even the revelation part of it. God started showing me scripture. He showed me a passage. And I read this passage so many times, but I've never seen it this way. So let me first read it to you. This comes out of Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read eight verses, and it's 10, or nine verses, 10 through 18. We, we recognize it by the armor of God, okay? But it says this. Paul says to the church of Ephesus, and he says it to us. He says, finally, okay, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, integrity, okay, stand firm then with the belt 
of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith which, uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit in all occasions. When I've read that scripture, I said, okay, God, I know this. I've seen this, and I feel like an Avenger now. I want to go do your work. He says, no, read the beginning one more time. Read the beginning one more time. The only reason why you are armed up is because of the very first part of that, that passage. And what does the first passage say? What does the first verse say? It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And for so long, for so long, I have not seen that until last Wednesday. I've known about God's power. I knew what he was doing, but I want to remind you the way I was reminded. The only reason why you can stand in faith, the only reason why you can walk in peace, the only reason why you can say I'm righteous, the only reason why you can quote truth, the only reason why you can say I have faith that can move mountains and I have the word of God is because of his mighty power. Because of his mighty power. It is his mighty power that you're able to do so. So when you're saying, I can't, I don't, you're not in his power. You're in your own power, and you can't, and you won't. But when you're in his mighty power, I can do it. I can do all things. I am righteous when man says different. That is the, that is the biggest factor in our lives that we have to acknowledge and that we have to operate in our lives. The focus of this scripture was not the armor of God. The focus of this scripture that I just read is the power of God. And God is simply saying, you have access to my power, but you need to be in the Lord to do so. You know, a lot of times we try to figure out how to live for God. How do we do this? Because I keep messing up, but we're not realizing it's his mighty power that makes you do it. And the only way to do it is by bringing Jesus into your life, asking for his spirit to come into your heart so you can now have the ability, what was once impossible, to become possible in your life. When you thought, that's just the way I grew up and that's how I'll always be, becomes, I want to imitate my God in everything I do. Because now the impossible has become possible. When we find those excuses of, well, I'll never do it, we're not acknowledging the power of God. And we need to operate in that. You know why we have to read the Bible every day? You guys know why? Anybody? Shout it out. Okay, no one. All right. So here's why. I was hoping you could tell me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> here's why. It's because every day we have, to put, we have to renew our minds because there's a certain capacity that we can only take. Have you guys ever been told to do something? You say, I got it. I won't forget it. And like three minutes later, you forgot. And you come home and where are the eggs at? Where are the milk at? Ah, <laughs> I'll be back. You know, and you go back. We have a certain capacity that we can only carry. And God says, when you go to my word, you allow that to continue to be uh, filtered through and renewed because you probably will forget. Yeah, it'll sink here, but renew it here so you remember in the midst of trial. You remember when it's time and it's go time to live for me. And that's why God says, put my word in your thoughts, meditate, meditate on it day and night so it can sink in here. So my power can be activated in your life. So you won't forget that when you say, I can't, you remember, oh yeah, I can, because God told me I can through his scripture. You know, the power of God is really uh, like, like a clutch. Who's, 
who drives a stick shift still? Anybody? All right, got a couple of people that still have a stick shift. I love it. It's one of my favorite. Who doesn't know how to drive a stick shift? I'm just curious. All right, learn because it's the best thing ever. It's just phenomenal. You know, I was so intimidated for years, but not anymore. If I could find one, I could find one, and I drive the speed limit, okay? But I pretend, sometimes I pretend with my automatic, like, eh, eh, you know, do that whole deal. But if you know the process of how a stick shift, the clutch works, the rubber hits the road when you release the clutch, See, you have to push the clutch down all the way to start the car, and you got to make sure it's not in gear right away, okay? But when you're about to release it, you put it to first gear, and you can rev the engine all you want, and you're in gear ready to go, but if you haven't released the clutch, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. And you can, you can show off. It can look great from the outside. The engine can sound phenomenal. It can sound like Mufasa, you know? <laughs> and when you... When you but with that clutch down, with that thing down, and you're revving, and you're trying to get going, and you have the intentions to go, if you haven't released that clutch, you are going nowhere. Nowhere. There is no rubber hitting the road. You are stuck in your place. I don't care how pretty it looks. But until you release it, the right way, by the way, until you release it, rubber hits the road, you're gone. And before you know it, first gear, second gear, third gear. You guys, come on. I'm, a, I'm just a big kid when it comes to that. You know, and so, and so you look at that, and, and, and you're now able to hit the rubber in the road. It is no difference with the power of God. You know, when we release the power of God in our lives through prayer, when we, when we declare and we speak with our words, it's like we're popping that clutch so we can see the power of God. Go. We can have the knowledge. We can see the stories in the Bible. We can have a direction where to go. But if we ain't speaking it and we ain't praying it out, you're just sitting there looking pretty right now. And God's saying, I want my power to be released out of your life. Start popping the clutch in your life so you can have the rubber hit the road and you go somewhere now. You have the, I don't think anybody's hearing me right now. God's power is for you. God's power is for you, and it's so hard to grasp that because we can have a defeated mindset, but God's saying, if you turn to me, and if you go to me, watch me do the miracle in your life. You think your marriage is on the rocks? Put, my, put your marriage on the rock of Jesus, and let me do my miracle in your life. You think you have no way of income? Put me involved. Let my power come. I will open doors for you so you can go somewhere in your life. So you can go somewhere. But it comes down to your decision making. What are you going to do? Are you going to just sit there? And just say, you know what? Okay, it's all good and I'll do my thing. Or are you going to start speaking things out? Fathers, let's go back a little bit. Fathers, for us to be good, godly dads, we need to imitate him. We need to see what he says about us so we can continue to manifest it before us. That video that they showed earlier, man, was, I was trying to fight tears. I wasn't ready to come up here because I believe there's so much truth behind it. There is so much truth to what God has for us. And what he wants in our lives is for us to manifest him to this earth because they need him. They need him. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. You know, it's just a little moment that we talked about our earthly fathers, but we also talked about our heavenly father. 
And the whole purpose of this is that you have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I need you. Like I said earlier, it may have been a tough, tough maybe relationship with your father. So you don't really celebrate this season. But please do not, do not exclude your heavenly father from being celebrated every day of your life. Maybe you lost your father and you just, you, you, it's hard. This is a hard day for you. And I identify to that, guys. I see that. I know the pain that you're going through. But let me remind you the hope of God Almighty and the power that he has to mend that broken heart together. Let him work in you. If you had no father to celebrate today, celebrate your heavenly father right now. Because he loves you. You know, I talked a little bit about the capacity that we can have in our mind and our thoughts. But we have to have a knowledge that there's a supernatural side of things, not just the natural. And this is what I see in the supernatural side. I see Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But supernaturally, I believe that he thought of us by names, that he could see our faces. He knew our names. How is that possible with so many people that populate this world and generations to come? How can one man have every person, past, present, and future in his mind? Well, the Bible says that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. And I believe that when he died, (laughs) your face came to his mind. And he says, I forgive you. And I'm thinking of you. That's just the power of God. You know, in the beginning of the garden, you'll see where where God commanded Adam to name every animal on earth. That's a lot of animals. But at that time, the fall didn't happen. He was where he needed to be at. So I do believe that Jesus thought about you. You weren't a number. You weren't just an uh, ethnicity and says, okay, I cover this nation over here. You You are a person to him. You are a child to him. And he says, I am doing this for you. Yeah, mankind's involved, but I am so personal. I'm doing this for you. Just a simple message of who our Father is. Here's your invite. You've never really accepted a God and a Father mindset. It was more like a God mindset, or you knew of God, but really haven't created that relationship. Well, let me remind you, well, let me tell you at least what the Bible says, that Jesus was sent to this earth to die but to raise again to life, to die for your sin but to give you eternal life so that you could come to him, so that you can have access, so you can be into the family, adopted into the family of God. And when you're adopted by God, he handpicked you. The decision is will you come to him? So with all eyes closed, if you just want to come to the Father, whether it's the first time or whether it's the hundredth time, whatever, I don't, it doesn't matter. You're like, I'm making a conscious decision to change my ways, and I want to follow him. On the count of three, just shoot your hand up. I just want to lead you, I just want to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you, and God bless you. God bless you back there. Anybody else, this is your time where God wants you to live for him. God bless you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Let's give some time. This is the point where it could be a battle and a wrestle. If you're questioning whether, God bless you, I saw your hand. If you're you're questioning, well, I'll just wait to see if I made it. The Bible says that you can know now that you're a citizen of heaven. 
And that guaranteed promise is is the Holy Spirit living in your heart. So this is your time now. Don't let it pass by. Any other hands? Anybody else? Awesome. You guys can put your hands down. Let's pray together. Let's put one hand over our hearts. Just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I know you died for me. I know you raised back to life so that I could inherit an eternal life. I just ask for your forgiveness and ask you to put your spirit in me. Jesus, lead the rest of my life. In your name we pray. And we all say, amen. So let's celebrate with those people that just did that by a 